On this episode of Brothers Ballin', we talk a little NCAA football. What did we learn from week one? Also, what did we learn from Bills Rams? We make our picks for the week. We make our picks for Super Bowl MVP and Rookies of the Year. Brothers Ballin', coming at you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Brothers Ballin'. We are brothers, we are ballin', and we now have football every weekend for the foreseeable future. College football has started. NFL will officially start week, has already started week one, but we'll have their full slate on Sunday. And once again, we are in season. So, Brothers, sisters, here we go. First, John, say what's up to the people. How's it going, people? Hopefully everyone's having a great day. We've got a great show for you today. And I am Rob, and we are balling. So, John, let's get right into it. First uh, question, okay? Last week... Uh, college football had week one. They had week zero a couple of weeks ago where none of the like key contenders played. Uh, Georgia, the defending national champions, uh, crushed Oregon 49-3. to Alabama destroyed Utah 55 to nothing. There's a Utah State. Let's, Utah State, yes, yeah, Utah State. Let's, let's be clear who they beat. <laughs> yeah, Utah State. Utah lost to Florida. Right. Um, the Utah right. lost to Florida. Go Gators. So congratulations to the Gators on getting that. And, of course, Ohio State uh, defeated um, Notre Dame. So talk briefly about, you know, because when it's college football, there's usually like five or six teams you're looking at um, all year. So as of week one, what is it that you believe we learn when – we took a look or to kind of take a look back at uh week one of college football. Did we learn anything new? For example, I think coming in, we expected Alabama, the Georgia, the Ohio state to be the main team. You want Did you learn anything largest new? streaming channel in over 40 countries. All, all in right. One- I, I don't know what, I, I don't know what that happened. <laughs> okay. So John's jacking up the podcast early on. So. Okay. So what did we learn? All right. So, so, so what I'll say is what I learned um, is that uh, Georgia, all right, to really be honest, week one didn't really teach us anything. But what I did learn looking at how Georgia played is that Georgia's ready to roll it back. Mm-hmm. They look poised to run it back again. Uh, the defense played exceptional. Um, the, the offense played great. Uh, Stetson played awesome. Um, what I have to glean, uh, what I want to gleam is because uh, Oregon's quarterback is supposed to be like one of the top quarterbacks. In, no, uh, no, 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 no. That's Oregon's quarterback is the transfer well, from Auburn. He's right. not like he's not. Well, good. listen, he's the main reason why he came to Oregon is is, is to raise his draft stock. Right, his draft Hopefully. stock. Yeah, his draft stock is supposed to be risen. He listen the the Georgia defense was just relentless, and my my concern for Georgia coming into the season, like I, I didn't worry too much about their offense. I thought that their offense can still put up points. I was concerned about all those guys they lost on the defensive side of the ball, and yeah. what what we saw is the guys who were backing up those guys are just fine, and mm-hmm. so. With that, um, it just solidified to me that Georgia is poised to run it back. Now, I'm not going to say that they're going to run it back. We'll have to see as the season progresses, you know, where they're at. But they looked ready. Um, Kirby had them them ready to go. Like, I did not expect – I thought that game would have been a little bit closer. I did not think it would have been a 49-3 annihilation. That was an annihilation game. 
Yeah. Um, the Notre Dame Ohio State game. Uh, listen, Notre Dame's Notre Dame's going to be a force this season. Um, yeah, I felt that they, even though they even though they lost offensively, they didn't play well. Ohio State um, was very good on the defensive side of the ball, but Ohio State to me, I have some concerns. Um, with their squad, I do have some concerns. I want to see in a couple of weeks how things shape up. Um, but listen, Notre Dame, Notre Dame will be fine. I think the new coach they got, um, they will be fine. Um, moving on. But really, I don't think we'll really, really know something until we get around to week five of the season. Um, okay. We'll, we'll probably be able to say, okay, this team right here looks like they may be the favorites. I, I, you know, Alabama beating Utah State, I could care less. Utah State is not that's – a, that's a warm-up game. I, for me, I love teams – that start the season with someone difficult, like start off with a really tough game. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think that sets them up for the rest of the season, regardless of if they win or lose. I think that sets them up very well. I know a lot of teams love to have the cupcake game, you know, the Bethune Cookman's, the, these schools that, you know, are, are there to pick up a paycheck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They know the outcome yeah. of the game before they get there, but they, they're here to pick up the paycheck to help their athletic programs. Yeah. So um, I get – I don't like when a lot of these big comp, these big uh, schools play these cupcake teams to start, but I know why they do it. They do it as a warm-up to get ready for the season. But some, some folks are like, you know what? Give me the competition now. Let me see where I am uh, yeah. early on, and then we move on. So – but overall – I would say we didn't really learn much, but what, but from what, what what we can glean from the first week is that Georgia, Georgia is not falling off. Georgia is here to, to make some noise. So what would you say you learned if anything about your, your team, the favorite team that you root for the Florida Gators, taking down, Mm -hmm. taking down the, I believe at the time, they were the seventh seventh ranked top 10, Utah Utes and knocking them off in the uh, swamp. So, what are your thoughts? So, on, so my thoughts, of, my thoughts about Florida. You know, everyone knows me. I'm a diehard Florida Gators fan. Ha- have been for years and years and years. Um, they were the college team that I rooted for because my college did not have a football team, and so I I've rooted for them since I was a little kid. We used to spend summers in Florida, so I like the you know I love the Gators. I but I say. For me as a Gator fan, I'm a realistic Gator fan. I'm not the I'm I'm not a Gator fan. Like, oh man, we're we're about to win the championship. No, we're not. Okay, no, we're not. All right, but it's it, it's a step in the right direction for our squad. I'm excited. Um, my prediction for the season was nine and three. Mm-hmm. Was my prediction, and this was one of the losses that I had. Um, but we won, so that so that's a good sign. Um, and I just hope that. You know, I want to see how the team to me this season is more of a let's see what we got. And then next year, I feel that we could be something to reckon with um, Okay, next year. But I'm but I'm very proud as to how we started the season. So great job to the coach and the, the staff and the team. OK, I think, uh, you know, Florida, Florida's win. I think said the most or was the biggest surprise to me in terms of performance. I expected Utah because Utah is, the, you know, I mean, they're the favorites in, in the Pac-12. Uh, you know, I think it was very, very interesting to see how Florida was able to win that game, especially, you know, the way their defense played. Anthony Richardson, their quarterback, uh, I think, did himself some good in that game as well, playing the way he did against a, a top 10 opponent at the time. But I think when it comes to what we learned overall, I agree. Notre Dame is better than we thought, and I'm excited for Notre Dame. I'm excited for Coach uh, uh, Freeman, and I want to see them do well. Uh, I just think, you know, it's going to be more of the same when the season ends. The SEC, I think, is head and shoulders above everybody else. Right. This is this is a year when LSU, I think, is down. Uh, this is a year where Texas A&M is starting to establish themselves as uh, 
a team just on the outside that is going to try to enter into that role as one of the elite programs in the country. And then you have Georgia and Alabama who are, you know, just crushing everyone. Okay. So it's going to be extremely interesting to see how that game or how this season plays out, but it's pretty much the SEC and Ohio state. And for all the talk about how great Ohio state's offense is, we didn't really see that last Saturday. You know, Notre Dame really, really played good defense for most of the game. Uh, Ohio State was able to break through in the second half with a couple of touchdowns. But, you know, if Notre Dame had any kind of, like, offense, they probably could have won that game. You know, they only scored 10 points. And in college football, and even in the NFL, if you score 10 points a game, you're likely going to lose every game you play. Because that's just not enough, even, you know, with good defenses here in uh, college football. So I think it's extremely interesting to see, you know, how Notre Dame and uh, Ohio State kind of progress through, through, through the season. But I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, the SEC. Are they going to get one or two teams into the national title game? That's really the, the, the same question I think we asked last year. And I think it's the same question we're going to have again this year. Will they get one or two teams into the national title game? And I think we could be looking at a repeat of last year's title game. Uh, but uh, I think last week showed us that the more things change, the more things tend to stay the same. With all the transfers, with all the uh, coaching changes, mm-hmm. the more things change, the more they stay the same. Okay? So I think that is what I'm seeing from uh, you know college football after week one. And sometimes week one can tell you a lot. Sometimes it can be a smokescreen. So we'll see what it is. But yeah. for the most part, I think it's the same old, same old. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we talked about college football. Not to say that, you know, college football is not, you know, it's it's a very uh, fun sport to watch. It is a, a major sport. One of the major sports, of course, you know, we kind of ranking sports and what people want to listen to. But... The NFL season is starting. Yes. Okay. The NFL season is starting. It is beginning. And it already has begun because we had the Rams and the Bills on Thursday night. We're going to get to that. Okay. We're going to get to that. All right. We're going to get to the Rams and we're going to get to the Bills. So I'm going to give you a choice. Okay, John. All right. I'm give you a choice. We can go one or two ways. We can go and talk about the Rams and Bills if you want, or we can go into what picks, not the week one picks. Okay, we're going to do that later. We'll go into what we are forecasting in terms of postseason awards. Okay, so MVP, Rookie of the Year, Player of the Year, and our Super Bowl picks, okay, who we foresee being or playing in the Super Bowl this season. So, however you want to do it, you want to go with the Rams-Bills review, or would you want to go with our picks? I'll let you decide. All right. We're, let's do – I want to do the Rams-Bills okay. preview because I got a lot to say about the Rams. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, I, I got a lot to say. Okay. All right. So, let's I'm go. Say, I, mean, I got a lot to say. Okay. Because you remember – you know this is week one. And you got it right. You said um, the Bills. That's right. I said I said the Rams. I expect the Rams to score more than 10 points, <laughs> which was a very, very disappointing performance by uh, Matt Stafford and the crew. But go ahead, man. Go ahead. Go All ahead right. and bask, bask in your glory because you got a prediction right. Uh, uh, well, it's not, only, it's not only a prediction right. You guys will see at the end of the season that my prediction is right. I, okay. I, I, I've been saying this for a long time. For a long time. Ever since Josh Allen set foot in the NFL, I said, this guy's going to be special. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the first year he was good. Second year, he was kind of trash. The second year. Yeah, it was the, the first two years were yeah. a little, yeah. you know, a little rough. On so, but the thing is, I just said his height, his build, and his arm. I was like, you get the right coaching around him, you can craft something amazing. And despite the, the despite the interceptions he threw, he threw two interceptions one of, them, one of them was his fault. The first one was not his fault, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But I felt that getting Von Miller, the moves they made on defense, because 
last year, offensively the team the team is good. Mm-hmm. The team's good. I've been raving about Gabe Davis. He 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 is going to be, as you will see, he's going to be an amazing number two behind Stephon mm-hmm. Diggs. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then Knox, their tight end. I think he's good, even though he didn't play well, um, in my opinion, in, in this first game. He was okay. He was okay. But my issue with their defense was you can run on them. And mm-hmm. the thing is, because getting Von Miller, the interior that they have now, I feel like their defense is 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 complete. Now, I don't want people to overreact as to as to how the Rams played. The Rams did not play well. Aaron Donald was in check for most of the game. He was mm-hmm. in check. Uh, the Rams will be there at the end. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that usually and this and we see this happen every year. The team that wins the Super Bowl when they are are the opening team for the following season, it's always a lull kind of game. Like even last year, the Buccaneers who won a Super Bowl the year before almost lost the game to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Right? You know, the Cowboys played well enough to win that game. Yeah. Um and 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 you know, they got goaded at the end. So, it's it's uh it's a cycle. It's okay. Like, I think people were panicking. Like, oh, my goodness. The Rams. Listen, the Rams got a lot of early pieces. I thought Allen Robinson would, would have had more of an impact. Yeah, he needs he, he needs had, targets. He needs targets. I yeah. Mean, come on. He had, he had like, I think, like four or five targets in one, he, in one he catch. Had, no, he had two targets. Two targets, one catch. And the last yeah. target wasn't even a target. Yeah. He was basically, like, blanketed in the corner. And right. Stafford just but the thing up. is, but the thing is, I, I, because here's the thing. The reason why Stafford and Cooper Cup work so well, because if you if, if you listen to them, these two guys are like buddies. They are up at six a.m. throwing a ball around, and they're the last ones out throwing the ball around again. So they got a rapport, and I think Allen Robinson just needs to get into that repetition mm-hmm. with him because I I felt that Stafford was too dependent on Cooper, even though looking at Listen, the the Bills played good defense on him, and he's still able to make plays regardless of the fact, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But the thing is, I'm telling you, the Bills with Von Miller, how Von Miller – Von Miller looked like the old Von Miller. Yeah, he did. He, he, he looked fantastic. He looked fantastic. He was in that backfield a lot, and that little run and little stunt thing that he was doing where he was, like, shaking the – he was shaking the um, offensive lineman to get mm-hmm. to the quarterback. Like he was disruptive, but um, like I said, I, I feel the game we saw on Thursday will be the Super Bowl that you will see at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, I would say the Bills played great. Um, you know, the Rams did not. I don't want people to overreact about the Rams. I, I still feel the Rams will be there at the end. But the Bills are the, the Bills are putting the league on notice. We're about to run this. We're about to run this. I no. Well, I'll say this. I don't think the Bills are putting anyone on notice. Everybody is already coronating Buffalo like they've actually won the Super Bowl. I mean, everybody is like, "Oh, Buffalo is the best team in the in the AFC," which I I agree. They're the best team in the in the you know AFC. Right. You play in a two team. You play in a two team division. Okay. Because I don't believe in the Jets. I believe halfway in uh, New England. I believe halfway in Miami, which means two teams. Okay. What I, you know, and I want to, you know, say Buffalo is a very good team. Okay. Very good team. But they are a team that wins games by blowout. Okay, that's how they win games. They don't win close games. Especially last year, they didn't win a lot of close games at all. Like they did right. that was something about Buffalo that was kind of you know interesting. And this game kind of went left because I think the Rams simply didn't, I think, apply their game plan. I don't think their game plan is to give Cam Makers three carries. Okay. Right. I don't think their game that's plan my fantasy, is that's my fantasy running back. So yeah, yeah. I took, know, a, for, I took a beating. Yeah, for a number of reasons, okay? <laughs> I don't think their game plan is to give Allen Robinson two targets. I don't think that's a game plan, 
Okay, now Cooper Cup with his catches, he gets a lot of catches, a lot of volume with Cooper Cup when it comes to you know receptions. He's always out there. Um, he's an amazing route runner. He yeah, is an amazing elite. He's an elite route runner. Yes, and to me, it looked like the Rams were a weapon short on the offensive end. It really looked that way. They were a weapon short. Like there's one guy. Uh, whether it's Van Jefferson when he comes back, whether it's OBJ, OBJ even gets healthy, he's able to come back. I just think that it was just, you know, they were just missing something that you they had last year, that it factor. And I think OBJ was a bit of an it factor for the short time he had when they had Woods, Beckham, and Cup, when they had all those guys playing. I know it lasted like maybe one or two weeks you know, before Robert Woods got injured. But it looks like to me they were missing something. They were missing another weapon that could really open up that offense and allow them to attack Buffalo. Because Buffalo had seven sacks, okay? Those are, that's kind of stuff you see when you're playing Madden. You know, teams shouldn't be allowing seven sacks, especially defending Super Bowl champions. Should not be allowing seven sacks, okay, week one. And it wasn't like Buffalo was blitzing. Buffalo didn't blitz. No, they, they didn't came. blitz, but they have very good their interior guys and in to me, the reason why they got the seven sacks was it if you notice what the offensive line w- was doing, which I think McVeigh's gonna look at the tape, there was too much there was too much shifting over the Von Miller side uh, of the ball. Like it looked like they wanted to double team Von Miller on every single play, and guys were just coming in. Like yeah, you, you remember, too much pressure. You, you, you remember the sack when the guy just came and did a, a a spin move. The guy like he was not ready. Like the tackle was flat footed. He busts a spin move on him, and and Matthew Stafford was just uh, a target. But like here's the thing: Matthew Stafford can't be taking seven sacks in a game. That is not safe. He well, he's Matt not. Stafford. He's he's not mobile. Like if you if yeah. you are if the ends you know keep their lanes and the, don't like the over ends rush. were collapse. Yeah, the ends were collapsing. It's him, very difficult. Him into the interior. He, he he's not running. Up. He's not running. Uh, right. you know, out of out of a lot of sacks. Josh Allen, on the other hand, he's giving stiff arms. He's crushing dreams. <laughs> okay, he can get out of the pocket. You saw that throw he made to Stephon Diggs for the touchdown, where yeah. he gets out of the pocket, uh-huh. is running, and just throws a ball fifty plus yards in the air to Stephon Diggs, who. I mean, I don't know where Jalen Ramsey Listen, was. Uh, Jalen Ramsey made it look like on the play. If you look at the replay, he was expecting somebody over the top because his eyes were in the backfield the whole time. Right. And it wasn't until Diggs, like, is two or three yards past him that he starts to react and chase Diggs. By that time, it's already too late. Um, right. Stephon Diggs is uh, in the end zone for a touchdown. And so, by that point, game was right. Over. But I want to say this. That was probably Jalen Ramsey's worst game. Yeah, I mean, a long time. He was targeted like Diggs caught six balls on him. Okay, like he was to me. Uh, of course, you know the internet did this. They brought up a a tweet that Jalen Ramsey did when Josh Allen was drafted that he was that he was a trash quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and so somebody said that uh, they felt that uh, Josh Allen took it upon himself to pull up that old tweet of what Jalen Ramsey said about him and targeted Jalen Ramsey a lot. But the thing was, Jalen Ramsey, as good of a cornerback that he is, there's one thing that I don't like about his style of of defending. He gets caught looking in the backfield a lot. And the thing is, and the thing is, people are starting to notice Jalen Ramsey's type of uh, uh, of corner that likes to get physical. He likes to get his hands on you mm-hmm. within the five yards and then do his cover. And the thing is, what they did to him was they told to me there was something personal of why they were attacking. Because you notice when he started attacking him early, Jalen Ramsey got out of his game. And when mm. and when the quarterback of the cornerbacks is out of his game, that gets the other guys nervous because he, early on, he, he seemed out of his game. I don't know if practice didn't go well, but Rob, again, remember I told you 
A lot of these teams are not playing their players in the in the preseason. Me personally, I am against that. I'm against stars not playing in the preseason. I feel that they need they need to they need to play one or two drives. And in the last game of the preseason, I think that they should go one, two, you know, two drives max to, to get their body and mind into the season. Because the Rams players, a lot of their stars did not play in the preseason. Mm-hmm. And it looked like they were not prepared. McVay's team did not look prepared to play Buffalo. And I'm a firm believer. A lot of people say, well, John, no, no, you don't want guys, guys get hurt. I was like, they need the touches. They need to get the feel. Like, you could, you could practice hard all, all week long, this whole thing about these two-team practices. Listen, that's not game play, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like these guys need to get, you know, a couple of taps here and there to get the to get their mindset. Because the thing is, like, to me, it's a mind – because looking at the Rams' talent, that was a talented team that, that should have, you know – on paper, with the guys they had available, even with Van Jefferson being out, the talent yeah. was there. Yeah, absolutely. Right? absolutely. It's just that they seemed like they did not know who they were playing. or mm-hmm. like They didn't look like they were ready for their game. And so even, even when they tied the game at halftime, as poorly as they played, I told my wife, Felicia, I was like, listen, this is about to be a blowout. I was like, if Buffalo just cleans up these little ticky-tack Turnovers and stuff. This is about to be a massacre. And then, lo and behold, second half came. I was watching, and I was like, "Okay, yep, this is what I expected." Yeah. Right? Because literally, you know, and, and you know that I stress this a lot. I just feel like these coaches who do this, they don't play their stars in the preseason um, to rest them up. I'm like, why are you resting them up for? The season's about to start. They need to get a couple of fields of, of live game action to get their minds ready to play. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I felt that that was a disservice and it showed in the first week, but I'm not going to overreact. Like some of these people talking about, Oh man, the Rams are done. Oh no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Rams are going to, I feel Rams are going to win their division. The Rams will be going to win. Yeah. They'll win. They'll win their division. This is a very good football team, a very good coach, good quarterback, really big stars on the defensive end. Uh, I think Rams will be okay. Uh, this just was a shock to the system. I think for right. Los Angeles, and they realized Buffalo is a legitimate Super Bowl contender, which everybody knew coming in. Everybody right. knew Buffalo was a legitimate contender. You got the quarterback, you have the weapons, you had the stars on defense. Uh, they are a legitimate contender. And, you know, we'll see what happens as the season progresses. But I don't know if I said, oh, man, this is going to be, you know, uh, how the season goes. Don't overreact to week one. Right. Okay. Everybody is a Super Bowl contender in week one, okay? <laughs> Even Seattle. They believe, okay? <laughs> Seattle believes they're going to shock the world until reality sets in. So, um, you know, I think so week one, this game didn't really show me anything. Buffalo's a good team. You wondered if they would be ready for the moment, and they showed in no uncertain terms that they were more than ready for the moment. Right. The only thing I'm going to say about Buffalo before we close is I know Josh Allen loves getting contact. Long-term, that's not a good thing for him. He loves mixing it up and getting in people's faces and getting hit. Dude, you're the quarterback. You are the franchise. We need you around for 15 years, 15 plus years. We don't need you after season number eight where your body is banged up so much. Because of all the punishment you've taken, yeah, um, he's gonna need to understand it's best to slide and not come on, lower your shoulder, and, and taking on getting tackled by yeah. And he players. needs to learn that even though he's bigger than a lot of the guys, especially if he gets into the yeah. secondary, he's right. bigger than all those guys. So it's gonna right. be hard for him to like, not to want to run somebody over. Right, but like, so, like I'm not gonna lie, that stiff arm was nasty. That stiff yeah. arm was crushed he, his dreams. He literally. Put homeboy on his back. <laughs> yep, crushed his dreams. Okay. You notice he was never the same again after that play. The, nope. the never the same after that play. <laughs> he was the guy that got burnt. He got burnt on the Gabe Davis play. <laughs> well, a lot of guys got burnt in uh, in that game. So, all right, you want to go take a break before yes, we get to our break? Yes. Let's go ahead and take a break, and we'll be right back. 
All right. All right, we are back. And now it's time for our picks, our award picks for this NFL season. We'll, we'll kind of go back and forth and explain why we feel the pick is the correct pick. So first, we're going to go with MVP. Okay, MVP. Now, this has nothing to do with what happened on Thursday. Okay. <laughs> I made this selection prior to, or maybe, I don't know, the same day. But um, I made this selection prior. I made the decision, okay, in terms of the, you know, who I wanted to pick as the MVP. I said it's going to be Josh Allen, okay? I expect Josh Allen, not the defensive end Josh Allen, the quarterback of the Bills, Josh Allen. I think he is. He has the the, the cachet behind him. There's high expectations for them. I think that helps with the MVP vote. He is a player that we recognize as one of the better players at his position, which is the best or the most important position in the game. The top quarterback. four in the league. Top four in the league. Okay. And I think he has the weapons around him that are going to allow him to really, you know, rack up those kind of MVP like numbers. So my selection for MVP, Josh Allen. John, who do you have? Uh you already know. I've been saying this since last year. <laughs> my MVP was Josh Allen. Okay. <laughs> I've been you know, for those who've been following our show, this is season four. I've been on the Josh Allen train from the beginning. I feel that Josh Allen, he last year of of any quarterback who played amazing and lost, I felt for him. I, I cried with him when his team lost to Kansas City. Right? I did because he played he to me, he outplayed Mahomes and lost. Right. And so um, with that being said, um, I feel that Josh Allen will win the MVP. They've done some really good things in their in their offensive scheme that I like. You know, Singletary Moss. Moss looks like he's the battering ram that he was two years ago. Because last year he was he was not that good. He was not that good last year, Moss. So the running back? Yeah, Moss. They're banger. He, he looked um, he looked he looked okay. No, he looked he looked like he had some pep in his step uh, game one. So he played well. I've always liked Singletary. I always thought that they, that they need to get him some more touches. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I love their tight end knocks. I love their receivers. I think Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis is going to have a 1,000-yard receiving year this year. Yeah, he could. Yeah. I mean. um, Diggs, that's, that's you know, automatic. He, he, he's going to have a 1,000 receiving yards automatic. But I think mm-hmm. Gabe Davis is going to be – the second receiver in that squad to hit to get over a thousand. He is going to be a problem. Um, offensively, they're ready. Their offensive line is very good. Um, you know, Josh is Josh is very good. Um, so he is my MVP. Okay. So we're both in agreement on the MVP. Now, John, who do you have as your defensive rookie of the year? A lot of notable defensive players selected. Mm-hmm in the top 10 this year. So who do you feel is going to be the rookie of the year this season? I, so I battled this the last three days. So the last three days I went in between these two guys. So for me, I, you know, it's between Trayvon Walker or or Aiden Hutchinson. I'm going to go with Aiden. Wow. I'm going, I'm going, you know, I've been going to me out of out of all the defensive players, these two guys were at the top of my list, and I kept on going back and forth. Like yesterday, I was saying it's going to be Trayvon, but then this morning I woke up and I was just like, Aiden. Aiden reminds me of of a young JJ Watt. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of him, and I just feel like this this is going to be his year. It's going to be uh, it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, you know what? I think maybe because of hard knocks, I I you know watch hard knocks, and it could be because of that. But I like Aiden Hutchinson a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a guy that is going to be you know providing consistent pressure on the backfield. That I also picked him for defensive rookie of the year, and I want the audience to know we don't wow. discuss these picks prior. You didn't pick, you didn't pick Trayvon. No, I didn't pick Trayvon. I came I from your school. He, he, that's great. Boy. I that's great. I think it's exciting that he came from uh, UGA. But I I picked Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's going to have a better rookie season. Um, but yeah, we don't 
discuss these picks prior to the show. So when we're hearing it, we're hearing it for the first time. All right, now offensive rookie of the year. Mm. You know, a lot. There's a lot of options. Okay, I am gonna pick a dark horse. I don't think he's a dark horse. He was a first round pick. He's a top fifteen pick. He's a receiver. Okay, receivers, running backs usually do well when it comes to rookie of the year because they had the opportunity to get touches. Mm -hmm. My rookie of the year is going to be Chris Olave Mm. of the New Orleans Saints. (laughs) I think that because of having two really two solid veteran receivers and Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry on the team, Chris Olave is going to have the opportunity, I think, to put some numbers up. I think the Saints are going to make the playoffs. And I think it's going to uh, result in him being the rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. So I have Chris Olave, uh, and Ohio State usually puts up pretty good um, receivers, Michael Thomas being being one of them. Uh, they have a number of good receivers. Ohio State, Ohio State. Yeah. It's funny. We keep sleeping on, like, we talk about Alabama. You, it, it, Alabama is, is wide receiver, but let's not forget LSU and Ohio State. Oh, some- yeah. I put some really good guys in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They have. Yeah. All right. So, uh, folks, listen. We did not discuss these picks. But I'm going to go different because I had two guys who I went. But here's the underlying thing. Um, because my uh, comeback player of the year plays a big part of this, mm-hmm. of, of this actual pick. So the thing was, I was going in between Drake London and Chris Olave. Okay. And this morning, I decided. So yesterday, last night before I went to bed, I was reviewing this stuff, and I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in on the show, and I'm going to go with Chris Olave. And then, but then I started thinking. I think he's going to have a really good rookie season. But then I'm thinking, I got Michael Thomas as a potential um, contender for something. I have his quarterback as a potential contender for something. They also have Jarvis. My thing is, if they didn't have Jarvis, I might go with him being offensive player of the year, but I'm going to go with Drake London because I feel that, yes, listen, the Atlanta Atlanta Falcons quarterbacks are not that great, but but the thing is, the one thing about him, Atlanta teams, they know how to get receivers the ball. All right. So I think that Drake London statistically is going to have a better year because he's going to have more opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and I just like how he's built, um, which is sad for, um, you know, what's the guy that got suspended for the year? Uh, His name. Oh, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, Ridley. I've been a, I've been a Ridley fan for years. I just felt like he made a dumb mistake. But I think the opportunities, there's going to be – because we all know Jameis Winston can throw for almost 5,000 yards. He's done it before, okay? Yeah. He's, he's come close to 5,000 yards passing before. And he's, and, he's thrown, and he's thrown 30 picks, yes. Yes. So the thing is, um, I'm going to go with Drake London. Okay. On this one, right. Drake London. All right. And who do you have as offensive player of the year? Would you also – are you also going to pick Josh Allen for offensive player of the year? I'm not. I did not. That's crazy because I did. Okay. He's the MVP. He's going to be offensive player of the year. But go ahead. Who do you have for offensive player? Of the year? Offensive player of the year, I have Jonathan Taylor from the uh, Colts. Yes, because okay. he's going to have so many opportunities um, mm-hmm. that that I feel that they're going to give it to him because of what he's going to do on the running end and on the receiving end. There. They're my sleeper team this year. They're my sleeper team. The Colts? Yes. I don't think the Colts are much of a sleeper. I think no, this I think is a very can, good team. I think they can get a third or a second seed. I think they can have the, the one AFC. seed. They can have the one seed in the AFC. I think they're going to have that good of a season. I think I see them winning 11, 12 games, and depending on what happens with Buffalo, because um, I think that's the only team that can possibly go and win, because I think they're going to get at least five or six wins from the division, and I say that in, in Buffalo. But I the Colts could be the one seed. Don't be surprised yeah. if that's the case. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I still like Matty Ice, even though I know Falcons fans hate Matty Ice. Yeah. I think Matty is a good is a good guy. 
Yeah, offensive player of the year, I got uh, Josh Allen. Now, defensive player of the year, okay? Mm. I think I'm going to make the same selection for the next probably three or four years, okay? <laughs> Miles Garrett. Oh! Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. <laughs> Listen, he is one of the most – and, like, the reason why playing on the edge is an advantage because your numbers, your sack numbers, and your impact plays are just going to be – you have more opportunity for that as opposed to a guy like Aaron Donald who plays on the inside, okay? You just have more opportunity on the outside to make big splash plays. And Miles Garrett is going to be the defensive player of the year, ferocious pass rusher. I think in a year or two, he will be widely recognized as the best defensive player in the league. I think he probably – he is now. But, you know, Aaron Donald just won a Super Bowl. T.J. Watt came off like a – was it a 20-sack season? Mm-hmm. So – you know, they're stealing a lot of the headlines. I think by this time next year, we will widely and I think unanimously recognize Miles Garrett as the best defensive player in the NFL. So, again, folks, we did not look at this together. I had, so how I came up with my list is I took the top 10 who I felt had a chance. And then I just knocked them off, right? And I, this one wasn't much of a bat. I'm not, I'm not going to say, I don't want to disrespect the other player. My list had was narrowed down. So my top four was Donald, uh, TJ, Micah Parsons, and Miles Garrett, right? Mm-hmm. And then I knocked off, uh, um, I knocked off – the first guy I knocked off was Aaron Donald. I knocked him off because I'm like, he is going to miss not having Von Miller. Mm-hmm. He's going to miss him to – even though Floyd I think is good, but he's going to miss having um, – not having Von. So I knocked him off first. Then I looked at TJ, and I'm like, it is – it is like the Watt brothers are sack machines. They rack up a ton of sacks. I think TJ is going to have another good season. I don't expect 20 sacks, though. I expect mm-hmm. around 15, probably this okay. year. But then I looked at Miles Garrett, and on sheer strength, I think Miles Garrett is stronger than all of them. Yes. On, on sheer strength. Just like sheer strength. Miles Garrett has been in the top three of this category for like the last couple of years. Okay? Yeah. And I feel that this year is when he breaks through. I feel that Cleveland, listen, Cleveland may have a up and down year this year, but I feel next season they may be one of the favorites. When everything is all said and done, mm-hmm. if, they, if they can keep the squad together, defensively I think they're good, um, and uh, offensively once you know, uh, you know, Dirty D gets it all together. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm sorry, that name is going to – okay, Deshaun Watson, Dirty D. <laughs> all right? You know, once Dirty D gets it all together. Uh, but I'm going to say this. Uh, I feel – so I had Micah, Micah Parsons. I think Micah Parsons is going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, it's Miles Garrett time. So so I okay. also had Miles Garrett as the Mr. player of the year. All right, so we got two more uh, selections. Your comeback player of the year is? So my comeback player of the year, and it was based on a conversation we had last week, it was either going to be Jameis Winston or Michael Thomas, okay, mm-hmm. for yeah. me. Now, the thing is, I think the edge and my gut tells me to go with Michael Thomas, only because he didn't play at all last year. Mm-hmm. And I feel that because he didn't play at all. Listen, Michael Thomas, prior to his injuries, was one of the top two, if not top three receivers in the league. Yeah, he, he okay? was fantastic. He was absolutely fantastic. And I think he is fully healthy now, right? Um, it, I feel that the comeback player of the year is going to be between these two guys. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to give the edge to Michael Thomas. And that's okay. that's where my vote is going. Michael Thomas. I'm going to go with the other guy, Jameis Winston, because mm-hmm. 
I feel that he's going to do a good, job, good enough job of spreading the ball around. So Thomas is going to have a good year. I don't think he has a great year. But I think because he's going to have the um, uh, offensive rookie of the year on, on his team, we're going to give it to Jameis Winston. So that's who I'm going with, uh, famous Jameis. Right. Um, now, here's the thing. Do you think if Jameis – let's just go back on his last full statistical year, right? Which was with Tampa. Right. He had thrown something like 48 touchdowns and 30 picks that year. No, it was 30. It was 30 plus 30 some odd touchdowns, 30 some odd picks that, he right. had that year. Okay. And he and he held back the Super Bowl roster that right. and he held them back from making the playoffs because right. of his um, his turnovers. So now if he's with, with the Saints and let's just say the offensive team can curb his interceptions to, let's say, 15 well i mean you can like you'd want him closer to like 12 or 10 but yeah you know james winston if he even if he's more conservative i think it's gonna it'll serve better it'll serve the ones better because they have a good defense mm-hmm. and uh they have weapons kamara like we talked about the three receivers like they have weapons for them to use so it's not like he has to force things i think that's his biggest issue is that he forces the ball too much, which is why he had so many, you know, picks uh, a couple of years, uh, years ago. I just think, you know, if he's just more under control, takes maybe the underneath route a couple more times as opposed to going deep, they'll be fine. I expect them to make the playoffs. Like, I don't expect them to win the division. I think they get in as a wild card. Do you think they'll, do you think that they'll beat the Buccaneers this year? They beat them every year. But one on one, I think when the Bucks play the Saints during the season, they'll beat them. I don't know if they'll beat them in the in the playoffs though. Okay. Yeah, you know, they'll they'll get them at least once during the regular season. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. All right. All right. So last uh, pick for the postseason Super Bowl pick. Who is your Super Bowl pick? Now, last year I don't want to toot my own horn. I picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Now I picked them. I picked Rams Chiefs. And I was wrong, okay, because mm-hmm. the Bengals made it. But I was right by saying the Rams will win the Super Bowl. And I'm going to say again. Now it's up to you if you want me to go first or you go first. You know, let me go first. Sure, go ahead. Buddy. My pick. My pick was obvious. This was my pick last year. Mm-hmm. And this is my pick again this year. Mm-hmm. The same pick I had last year is Buffalo versus the Rams. Okay. Buffalo, All right. What we saw on Thursday will be what the Super Bowl will be, and Buffalo will win the Super Bowl and end okay. and end the and end the curse. Yeah, Bills Mafia. I like I like the Rams going back to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think they're not going to face the Bills. I think it's going to be somebody else. Ooh, the and I think and I think that team. It's going to be a little bit of a surprise to some of you. It's going to, that team is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. I think the Ravens and the Rams mm. are going to face off in the Super Bowl. Wow. Folks, so that I is, think that's big. That's big. Yes. Because remember, and not to say that this really means anything, but remember Joe Flacco could not get a deal. Um, you know, he couldn't get a deal done with the Ravens in, in the in the post, not in the postseason, the preseason. He could not get a deal done. And he ends up taking his team to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. I think Lamar Jackson not having a contract is going to motivate him. He's going to be motivated to make the Ravens pay as much as they can. And he's, I think, going to have one of his better seasons. And well, Lamar I Lamar. Jackson. I, I love Lamar. I do. Yeah, Lamar Jackson is going to, I think, have a great – is going to have a great season. And I you, think – Do you think he has potential to be a comeback player of the year? He, was he out long enough? Yeah, yeah, he was – remember. Remember, he got hurt. He got hurt like – he got hurt like week was it week ten. No, I don't think he made it to week ten. I think he got hurt like around week eight. I mean, well, we'll see if he yeah. if he has enough. But um, I think Ravens and Rams are, is going to be the Super Bowl that we see this year. Um, listen, I can't I can't argue with that. You know, um, you know, I wouldn't. You know, would would it, would it surprise me a little bit? Um, it might, 
But um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not against your uh, your my pick. selection. Yeah, okay. I'm not against your selection. Um, but yeah, that would be um, that would be interesting if he if he did get hurt. I, I mean, if he that would be interesting. If they ended up in the Super Bowl. But the thing is that if they do, which is why I keep telling the Ravens, if he's your guy, pay the man now. Because the longer, and especially if he puts up MVP type MVP type MVP type of numbers during the season, that price, that price is gonna keep going up. So to me, the reason to me, them not already doing a contract tells me that they don't truly believe in him long term. No, I, I don't think that's the truth. They believe in him long term. They're just not going to give him all that guaranteed money. And I think but the eventually thing is, I the don't team think, is going to win out. I don't think they have to give him the $230 million that Dirty D got. I think that they can then, go... Then, then listen, if that's the case, a deal would have been done. because They would have paid him. Listen, I think they can just go Take a look at what Russell Wilson got. He got a four-year, um, no, five two forty-five, five two forty-five, and he got a hundred eighty guarantee. He got a hundred and sixty-five guarantee, right? Or yeah, some of that range, right? Sixty one eighty guarantee. What I would say is, let's give Lamar Jackson two fifty-five, two fifty-five, and a hundred and eighty-five million guarantee. I am pretty. I'm pretty sure they offered him a deal like that with those guarantees. I, I am think, probably. I'm, I don't I'm think they did. Sure. I don't think they did. No, of course they, no, no, no. You don't with a player of his caliber. Negotiations don't go that long unless somebody's asking for something that the other person is simply not really willing to give. Somebody's asking for for the house. I don't the garage, think. I don't the think acreage. they're offering him. I, I don't think they're offering him two fifty. I don't think. I think if you when it comes I, out because these always come out. Right. I think it's going to come that he wanted full guarantees. I've heard, you know, just right. kind of you know, scratching around is, and looking you can't at reports. Give him, you can't give full guarantees because he's been he's been hurt a couple of times. And, but but if I'm going to give him... Why would Cleveland... But if I'm going to get... Listen... Cleveland is desperate. Cleveland, and I think Cleveland made to, a desperate... Cleveland made yeah. a desperate play. Everybody knows that in the league. They made a desperate play. That's on them, okay? But I'm telling you, if I'm giving Lamar Jackson... A hundred and let's okay, let, you know what? We'll make it 200 guaranteed. 255. You're telling me he's walking away from 200 million guaranteed and he, his contract is valued at 255. I think he'll sign that. Okay, we'll, say, we'll see. We'll say, I, I don't, I don't we're gonna agree. give you 200 million guaranteed. Your contract is 255, the richest quarterback contract in league history. Five years. Two hundred fifty-five million, two hundred guaranteed. I think he'll take that. Okay, we'll see. What what I believe is happening is they're probably offering him something around the two hundred million um, or two fifteen. And if I'm him, I'm not taking that. Listen, it doesn't matter. The guaranteed money is what really matters. I think in, in right. these NFL contracts. And I so think, and I think with a two hundred million dollar guarantee, I think his guarantees be, are. Baltimore, I think, guarantees, I, w- I would think, are on par with, with what everybody else is getting. I don't mm, think. I don't think so. Because No, I would disagree. Looking, I think. They're looking at, they're looking at, you, you, you had a great rookie year. You had an MVP season. You've been hurt. You've been hurt. Back-to-back years. You've been hurt, hurt. Right? And I think they're looking at that and saying, mm, you've been hurt back-to-back seasons. I just think it's. Yeah. I just think okay. if they come with an offer of, of of either 190 or 200 million dollars guaranteed, I think Lamar will sign that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we got our picks remaining to end the show. So let's first go. Eagles, Lions. Who do you got? <laughs> we got Eagles. We got Eagles on that game. All right. And just to know, we are gonna be competing uh against each other this year. We picked as a team last year we're, we're going to compete this year so we're going to see who is better at picking and we're going to start of course with week one you're already up one zero you got the Rams. you got the bills sorry over yeah. my ram so you're already up one zip right. so uh eagles lions yes i have the eagles winning that a game i don't see that being 
It'll be a close game, I, I think, but I think Eagles prevail at the end. Saints, Falcons, who do you have? Saints. Yep, I got Saints. Niners, Bears, who do you have? I have the upset, Bears. I'm taking the Niners. I have Bengals, the Bengals, and Steelers. Bengals all day. Bengals all day. Bengals all day. Agreed. Patriots, Dolphins, who do you have? Dolphins. I have the Patriots beating the Dolphins. Uh, Belichick continues to dominate in Miami. Ravens, Jets, who do you have? Ravens in a blowout. Yes, I agree. Jaguars, Commanders, who do you have? I'm going with the Jaguars. I will go with Washington with that one. I'm going with the Jaguars on that one. Panthers and Browns, who are you taking? (laughs) The Baker Mayfield revenge game. I'm going Browns. Browns. I got the Panthers winning at home. Colts and Texans. Who do you have? Colts. I agree. Packers, Vikings. Who do you have? Because (laughs) I'm going with the Packers. All right. I agree in a close game. Yes. uh, For that one. Very close. Kansas City against Arizona. Pretty good game. Four o'clock slot. Who do you think wins? Kansas, Kansas City. Kansas City it is, and Kansas City I agree with. Then we have the Chargers and the Raiders. I got this one. I got the Raiders. I got the Chargers. I got in the Raiders. Close one. I got the Raiders pulling this game out. I got the Chargers in a close one. Titans, Giants. Who wins this one? I got the Titans winning this. Yes, game. I have the Titans by double digits. Buccaneers and Cowboys. Who's winning that game? I got the Cowboys winning. I got the Buccaneers winning. I, I think Cowboys' the- offensive line is going to be problematic. Broncos and Seahawks, the Russell Wilson reunion game oh, this- for Monday night. I got the Broncos in a landslide. I think emotion may, t- may take over. It may be closer than expected, but I think Broncos will kind of separate themselves at the end. I got Broncos winning that game. So we're going to go head to head. We'll post our picks on the Facebook page and we'll see who's a better picker at the end of this game. So we pick a couple of different games, you know, differently. Yes. So we'll see kind of how, kind of how that works. I'm going to win. So it, okay. you know, it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, okay. I'm going right. to, I'm going to win. So. All right. So any this. parting shots, any final words? Uh, so the, the parting words that I have, this is for the women. Um, football season has begun. The NFL has begun. Um, and we're going to take this time from September to February to let you know we're not available Thursday night, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night. We're not available. So get ready for, you know, this is our time. It's fall. This is the best time for, for a lot of men. Um, it's football season. And I can't wait. There's going to be must-see matchups every single week. Multiple must-see matchups every single week because of the level of talent. Um, I'm excited about the draft class that, that 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 we're about to see. We're about to see some new fantasy stars pop up in this draft class. Um, so it's going to be exciting fantasy football season. It's going to be an exciting football season. NFL and college. I can't wait. I'm excited. Hope you are excited too. Yes, yes. Hope you guys are excited. NFL season is upon us. And if you want to hit us up, you want to, you know, talk to us, you want to reach out, hit us up. We are active on the Facebook group, uh, Brothers Ballin' Sports on Facebook. Brothers Ballin' Sports. That's ballin' without the G. On Instagram at Brothers Ballin Podcast and Gmail, Blood Brothers Ballin at gmail.com. Guys, the season has started. NFL is in full swing. College is in full swing. Be a good brother. Be a good sister. Take care. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace and hair grease. We love you. We out. <laughs>